What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the X's and Oats podcast. I'm Jackson Peebles with Matthew Landry, as always. And Alabama coming off a tough loss at Oklahoma. Matt, just give me your thoughts on, you know, how the game went down and, you know, Alabama taking their first loss and after a 10-game winning streak and just what you thought um, as you watched the game Saturday and as it ended. Yeah, so this is our first podcast that we're recording after a loss. Um, yeah, I was hoping we'd never have to do this, but here we are. Um, you know, I, the, the thing that had me laughing all game long was on whenever we recorded our last podcast previewing Oklahoma, I said, hell, Oklahoma can't match up with us. We're going to be able to score. And then they absolutely lock us down. Um, so that's a, that's a wild card I didn't see happening. Um, you know, I, I felt pretty good going into the game. And then it came out that Reeves was out due to COVID protocols. And, you know, I thought it was game over Alabama from the tip. And Oklahoma absolutely jumped on us from that point. You, know, like you, you can't win games against really, really good teams if you're going to go down 11-2 to start the game. You inch your way back, you fight back, then you go down 13 in the second half. Um, and through all of that, Alabama still has chances to win the game down the stretch. Um, so I, I do want to give our guys, guys credit for fighting at the end. Um, I've never seen an Alabama team – you know, not for the past decade that has the fight this team has, which is encouraging. But when you shoot 38 or 39% from the field, uh, it's, it's not encouraging that you're going to win games. If you would have told me we were going to hold Oklahoma to 66, I would have thought we won 80 to 66 or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, shout out to Alex Reese, who had his best game of the season. He was one of the few bright spots. Um, Herb's a warrior. You can tell Herb's nowhere close to 100%. Um, Primo hit a couple shots early, but never really got anything going after that. Petty hit his first two threes and missed everything after that. Um, you know, credit to Oklahoma, though. I mean, Oklahoma's defense, they were committed to not letting Primo and Petty get open. Uh, they are committed to uh, – I mean, they, they played pretty physical. The refs allowed it to happen, and, you know, I'm not here to blame refs at all. Alabama had their chances to win game – win the game, and – you know, Oklahoma's defense was fantastic. I, I would have been more encouraged to see, you know, the bench step up. I mean, Keon's the only guy that scored off the bench. Keon Ellis, that is. And, you know, it was it was just frustrating from every every point that you want to look at from an offensive standpoint. There weren't a whole lot of positives. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that, you know, maybe Oklahoma's not as good of a defensive team as they showed on Saturday. And, you know, maybe they just played above their heads a little bit. But like you said, they were very impressive defensively. Alabama could get nothing going. Um, you know, they played really good individual defense. Um, you know, they kind of followed that blueprint that we've talked about. Um, you know, they didn't help off a ton, and they were able to stay in front of guys. And that's the way to slow Alabama down. I mean, Alabama scored .87 points per possession, which is their third lowest outing of the season. Only two games that were low over Stanford and Clemson. Um, so it's kind of, you know, the offense kind of look, looked back like how it was, you know, when we were talking about um, then in the season. I know we weren't doing the podcast then, but um, we were talking about it on Twitter. Uh, just, you know, not a whole lot of penetration able to happen. And when your whole offense is based off a drive and kick and guys aren't able to beat their man off the dribble, there's not going to be a whole lot of offense going on. So it was a lot of contested um, – you know, shots at the in the lane, uh, not many rhythm threes Alabama was able to take. And the ones that they got that were open, they just missed. I mean, poor Reese, you know, he 
I said he's the worst good shooter I've ever seen because I feel confident when he puts it up because his shot looks good and his form's good. And he never – he doesn't normally have a ton of bad misses, but he just couldn't get it to go down the stretch. And that just kind of – thought the last four or so minutes where Alabama just couldn't buy a bucket it was kind of indicative of how things are going for Alabama. As far as defensively, I thought Alabama played fine, um, except for the glaring issue of rebounding where Oklahoma got 13 offensive rebounds. I think that was the difference in the game where, you know, neither team really played all that well offensively. You know, I thought Davion Harmon stepped up for Oklahoma and Reeves' absence. Um, he was really good, hit some really tough shots. Uh, was that him that hit the shot at the end? I think it was Harkless. That was Harkless. He was good, too. He was big um, for Oklahoma. But Alabama's got to shore up the rebounding. But, I mean, to be the number six defense in Ken Palm right now, efficiency-wise, and, you know, struggle with rebounding the way they do, um, that's still very impressive. But, you know, if they can shore that up, then they're truly an elite defense because their first-shot defense is incredible. Yeah. Uh, so what do you see from Alabama defensively in this game, Matt? Yeah, I mean, I thought defensively, I thought we looked – really, really good with the exception of a few kind of missed rotations or slow going around screens. Um, the Oklahoma ran a lot of weave and swing action. Um, I thought that the guards, especially in the second half, they did a pretty good job of switching, which gave Oklahoma some issues. Um, but there were still times where, I mean, the effort just wasn't there fighting over a screen or the, it was a missed switch based on not communicating. It was just kind of some errors that we hadn't seen um, really for the past month. Um, so that all around between offense and defense, I thought this team, the defense was a lot better than early season, but it, it looked like the Alabama of old rather than the Alabama we'd grown accustomed to over this past month. Uh, but as far as defense goes, I mean, Herb Jones looked as elite as he always does, even though he's playing at, I mean, I'd say 70% max. Yeah. Um, I think even that's being a little bit generous. Um, I thought Reese played pretty solid defense. He, had some good energy plays when we needed them. I thought Shaq was fine. He stayed in front of his man. He took a couple nice charges. Um, JP played well. Keon Ellis was phenomenal Ellis. as always. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's he only played 20 minutes, and it seems like you have to be bargaining for more with him because of the yeah. effort he gives on that end. Um, so the defense, I mean, you held him to 66 points. Like I said, I thought we would have blown him out if we held him to 66. So the defense was it's hard to find a whole lot of flaws there other than rebounding. Yeah. Yeah, I thought – I mean, I thought they played fine. I mean, Oklahoma shot the ball pretty well. I think they made eight threes. Um, you know, Manick had a time where he stepped up and kind of stretched out to 12. And yeah. to me, the most impressive part of the game, even in the loss, was when Alabama got down 12, you know, on the road to, to a really good team. Um, and they didn't – you know, they didn't fold. They didn't start panicking and taking bad shots. Um, and then they worked together a nice little – 10 or 11 0 run to bring it, you know, get themselves right back in the game. Um, I thought that was really impressive. You know, what were your thoughts on uh, their response to, you know, when they got down 12 and then were able to kind of nudge themselves back into the game? Yeah, I mean, they, they don't fold under adversity. And that, that just kind of speaks to the senior leadership this team has. Uh, Herb Jones, I mean, like, we, like we've said, he's, he's not 100%. The guy's out on the court, he just gets popped in the nose and bleeding, gets foul called on him. Um, I'm kind of surprised that him and Oates, neither one got a tech after that because I would have been losing my mind. Um, but, I mean, the guy's battling the entire game. Petty, even though his shot's not falling, he's battling on the defensive end. Um, Keon Ellis is battling. 
Uh, Bruner's on the bench coaching guys up the entire game. So the senior leadership on this team and the upperclassmen have just, it's kind of, they've taken on the personality of Nate Oates and that you're just, you're not going to quit. And if you're going to quit, you're not going to see the floor. Um, and I thought the body language, even when we were down from the majority of the team was pretty positive. Um, so from that outlook, that's something that with Alabama, we're not used to seeing. And that's encouraging for moving forward through this next nine game stretch, as well as with the future under Oates. Yeah, to me, yeah, that's the biggest difference you could see from, you know, even last year to this year is, you know, just keeping their wits about them and staying poised. Um, you know, I just, even when Alabama was down 12, I was still, I didn't feel like the game was away from them just because, you know, we know how fast they can score, but also just because there's just something different about this team, uh, the mental makeup. Um, I want to kind of talk some big picture stuff because the last three games, Alabama has not been all that great offensively. Uh, you know, we talked about how the defense won them the Kentucky game down the stretch. Um, they were, they were, they were, I don't want to say the offense was bad against Mississippi State, um, but it still struggled at times against a pretty mediocre defense. Um, I think there's a couple factors. I think, A, um, this team doesn't have the depth, especially uh, guard-wise, that maybe we have thought. Um, Javon Quinterly has been struggling. He struggled against Kentucky, uh, some turnovers. Um, then he only played 13 minutes yesterday and was – he was pretty much just a net negative um, yeah. offensively and defensively when he was in the game. Um, that's why you didn't really see him much uh, in the closing minutes, you know, but I think a big part of it is Herb's not healthy. Um, and when he's not healthy and able to run the show, uh, that's why you're not seeing as much, as many paint touches as we're used to seeing, you know, what has been your biggest concern uh, that you've seen from the offense in the past few games? Yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the bigger concerns that I have right now is Herb's health. Because, um, I mean, Herb carries this team on both ends of the floor. Um, and you can just tell that he's he's drained physically, he's hurting. Um, but when the offense is at its best is when we're getting feet in the paint, whether that be Quinterly, Shaq, Herb, whoever it may be. And you could tell kind of, especially yesterday, but it was also evident against Kentucky and Mississippi State, Whenever Herb's driving to the rim, something just seems a little off. He seems a step slower, and he seems just kind of uncomfortable. His body looks uncomfortable while he's driving. Um, so it seems like now we're looking to get paint touches with Herb through post-ups, which, I mean, from the season glance that we've seen, it, it doesn't work near as much as him driving. Mm -hmm. um, Herb's an unbelievable playmaker. He still had five assists against Oklahoma while being so banged up, which is so impressive. Um, but her being healthy is going to dictate a lot because he's the only player you can consistently trust to get into the paint and to either finish a layup or dunk or to kick out to someone else. Um, you know, that's kind of something we were hoping with Quinterly was going to come. He's still a crafty driver. He's capable of it, but it seems like it's too much, too much dribbling like we saw earlier in the season. A lot of stagnation when the ball's in his hands at times where Herb if he gets to the rim he's able to kick easy and we get open shots mm -hmm. uh it seems like right now the ball's sticking too much which I think is the bigger issue of the offense than anything else and part of that's coming from not getting paint touches from teams defending a little bit differently De defensively the past three games I thought the guys have done pretty well individually defending Alabama 
Um, but the, the ball is going to move a lot better once it gets into the paint and kickouts and get the defense to move. And right now we're just, we're not forcing the defense to move their feet, which is the biggest concern that I've seen offensively. Yeah. I mean, only four shot attempts from Herb. I think that kind of shows you, you know, how he was feeling because, you know, we're a regular game. He's getting, you know, at least a rep close to 10, um, at least, you know, at least seven or eight drives to the rim. Um, so that was, I think that's a big indicator of his health. Um, only four free throw attempts too. So he just wasn't able to get um, drives to the rim. He doesn't have that burst in his first step to get by his man. I think that's really hurt Alabama because, you know, you saw him, you know, go into Shaq at the point guard down the stretch. And, you know, we like Shaq, but that's just not the best um, use of his skill set. He's not a great ball handler, um, at least – to play point guard. I mean, he's, that's just kind of shows you that Alabama having to lean on him at point guard down the stretch. Um, you know, he was three for nine at the rim yesterday. It's it just a couple of those shots go down. It's a different story, mm-hmm. but and I think it's just um, a combination of a few things for Alabama right now. And mainly it's just, they need to get healthy. Um, they need to sh- decide what their rotation is going to be um, because they only played six players last night. So what do you think about Alabama's rotations going forward and who we need to step up? Yeah. So, I mean, that's something I'm really curious about because I mean, Jawan Gary's a guy that we're still trying to figure out because one game he looks fantastic, helps us win the game against Kentucky. Then he plays four minutes against Oklahoma just because on both ends of the floor, it was kind of just not a fit. Um, Javon Quinterly, where, where is he going to be in this rotation moving forward? Is he someone that we can trust to play? 15 to 25 minutes a game, or is it going to be more of 10 to 13 like we saw yesterday? Um, a lot of that's going to be determined, I think, early in games with him is kind of a trend I've noticed. If you see him get to the rim early or kick early, then it's probably going to be a pretty good game. If you see him turn it over in his first couple of possessions, it seems like it's more of a struggle. Um, the only guy that's not in the starting lineup I think we can consistently count on right now is Keon Ellis, and that's – I mean, Keon's been fantastic. I want to see more of him every single game. But you've got to have guys step up, especially in the absence of Bruner. Like I, like I mentioned, Gary, just a minute ago, we need him to step up consistently. We need James Rojas to, you know, it, with him, is it that he's just not, I hate to say this, but is he not good enough to play at this level? Or is it that he's battling through this injury and medical condition and it's taking a toll on him? Uh, Keon Ambrose Hilton, he's a guy that we didn't expect to play a whole lot this year, but in the minutes he's gotten, he's been pretty solid. Um, so is he someone that we can count on and the rotation consistently? Or once Bruner comes back, is he going to kind of fade out? So, you know, I, I don't envy the staff and having to make some of these rotation decisions because it's never easy, um, especially because so many guys give you so many different things. But I, I am interested to see out of our – outside of our starting five, Keon Ellis and Bruner, you know, how did the rest of the minutes shake out? Yeah, and to me with Quinterly, it's so tough because, like you said, there's been games where he's played fantastic and, you know, he was the reason that Alabama won. And then there's been games where – He's been borderline unplayable because of uh, just how he's been on both ends. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, I just – and I know the staff – I mean, the staff didn't – wouldn't have recruited him if they wouldn't have thought he was a great fit for the team. But I just don't think he has found his footing um, with Alabama so far as a point guard. You know, I think he's – I think he's best operating in a half-court um, setting, you know, kind of working some pick-and-rolls. Um I don't know if he's really comfortable with the way that Alabama's playing. You know, I think Alabama needs um, 
maybe a different type of point guard, but ideally. But, I mean, he can still be a really good player for Alabama in the system. I mean, he's just – he's struggling right now with decision-making, um, you know, some pretty brutal turnovers in the last couple games. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just, they just need him to be a guy that they can count on to take care of the ball. He doesn't have to score all that much. I mean, maybe just, you know, be able to uh, get his feet in the paint and make some plays for his teammates. So that's all they need from Javon Quinterly, maybe 18 to 20 minutes a game, mm-hmm. um, you know, six to seven, eight, six, seven, eight points um, and a few assists per game. They don't need him to be a superstar. And I think he uh, maybe tries to do a little too much with the basketball sometimes. Um, so what do you think about uh, Quinterly specifically going forward and uh, maybe some ways that he can improve and contribute more uh, to the basketball team? Yes, I mean, I think you said it pretty perfectly. And I don't mean for us to sound like super negative on Quinterly. Like I'm not out on Quinterly. Like I still have faith that he can be a really solid piece to this team this year and moving forward for as long as he's at Alabama. So, I mean, he's, he's a solid talent. I mean, the talent's there. It's not in question. Um, And he's shown it at times, like against Tennessee, he was a really big part of that win on the road uh, that kind of got this thing rolling. He was good against Ole Miss. Against LSU, he had his best three-point shooting night probably of his career. Um, so, I mean, he's he has so much talent and so much potential. Um, so, I, part of me wonders maybe is this like a confidence thing? Is it something that he's still battling coming back from the medical condition he had? You know, there's various factors that it could be. Um, so, I, I don't want it to sound like we're out on Quinterly because we're not. Um, but for, for his role moving forward, I do think it's best if he's somewhere in the 18 to 22 minutes per game just on an average, you know, there's going to be nights where he's playing more due to injuries or fouls or if he's hot. Um, but he, we, we need him to be able to contribute at least 18 solid minutes, I feel like, for this team to really reach his potential. And just for improvement-wise, I think it just starts with d- trying to do a little bit less and settling in. Um, mm-hmm. He's a guy that I feel like if he plays a little bit faster, I feel like he's going to be a lot better. Um, it seems like the game's still just a little bit slow right now whenever the ball's in his hands. Uh, whether it be that it's sticking too much, dribbling too much, or whatever it is. And, I mean, but it, it's his first year playing basketball in two years, really. So, I mean, it's understandable that there's struggles along the way in a conference like the SEC and playing a really good Big 12 team like Oklahoma. Um, but I feel like him attacking the rim with purpose, like we've talked about with Shaq in the past and others, uh, going to the rim with the, the confidence that either you're going to finish this or you're going to kick it out to a shooter is really, really important. With Kyra last year, we saw him get feet in the paint a lot and it created a lot of offense for others. I think if we could see Quinterly consistently get feet in the paint and create, I think it would really, really improve this offense. It would improve his stock a lot as far as the role he plays. And just being locked in on the defensive end, there's times where it seems like he's just kind of playing a little bit lackadaisical, a little bit kind of just not there. Um, so just locking in on that end, like we see with Shaq now, I think that's a that's a big improvement that he can make, and he's more than capable of making. Yeah, I mean, like you said, we don't want to act like we're giving up on Quinterly or anybody else on the team. It's just it's been a trend for the last few games of his minutes kind of decreasing um, and him struggling a little bit. Overall, I think um, – I don't think Alabama's in – I don't think there's any reason to be concerned about Alabama. I mean, they're banged up. You know, yeah, Oklahoma's was missing a starter, and you know there was somebody in my mentions saying that it was embarrassing to lose this game, and I think that's just total nonsense. 
I mean, Oklahoma is still without with Reeves or without. Um, they still had Brady Manick. They still had Harmon. They still had Harkless. Uh, no, their guys made plays, and Alabama was banged up too. I mean, they're missing a starter, um, and they're basically missing a starter with Herb. I mean, he played 37 minutes, but he's half. He's a shell of himself on the court right now. I mean, he's just he's not able to do the things that we're used to seeing him do uh, offensively, at least. So it's by no means a bad loss for Alabama. They basically didn't drop in any. I mean, they they went from ninth to eighth in Kempom after the loss. Yeah. Um, they're yeah. still a two seed in every bracket projection. Um, I don't know about the net. That'll probably update tomorrow. And we um, dropped to 11. We went from 10 to 11. So only dropped so, a spot. I mean, it was basically – it's one of those games where, you know, if you win, then fantastic. But if you lose, then you're expected to lose it just about. Yeah. So, you know, Alabama still hasn't lost an SEC game. You know, the outlook on the team is still very positive. I mean – they're going to get some things figured out offensively when, you know, they get to come home, uh, play against a very bad defense in LSU, um, you know, maybe get things going a little bit, you know, hopefully they're able to get healthy, you know, who knows when Bruner's going to be back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still like the, I still like that look on the team. So I don't think it's time for any, uh, I don't know, bold, you know, assertions about the team right now. So, but moving on to LSU, I mean, they totally blew the game to Texas Tech yesterday. Uh, they were, uh, I think, I think Sharif O'Neill got a tip in to go up. Was it like seventy-one sixty-four? Yeah, with like just over a minute left, and then the final score was seventy-six seventy-one Tech. Uh, finished game on a twelve-zero run. So that was would have been a really big win for LSU. Um, they're still firmly in the tournament conversation, but that would have been a maybe like a seed line bump for them. Yeah. Um, if they'd have won that game because Tech's a top-10 team. What's your outlook on the LSU game, Matt? Um, I think that it's a tough game for Alabama because LSU, despite them losing the way they did, I thought they really were impressive in that game against Texas Tech. Yeah, I thought they were impressive too. And Javante Smart kind of had his breakout game for the season. Um, not that he's been bad in SEC play, but he hasn't been kind of the Javante Smart we were expecting. Um, so he kind of just – went nuclear against Tech, and he was a big reason for why they should have won that game. Um, Fortunately for Alabama and unfortunately for LSU, Darius Days will be out. Um, He suffered a little bit of a nasty injury. Um, He should return this season, which is good news, but he's going to be out for at least this week, Um, which that's nice for Alabama considering Bruner's still out. Uh, Days is a big body, and he's honestly one of my favorite players on LSU with kind of the way he plays. Um, But Luckily for Alabama, you know, I mean, teams have started to figure out different ways to defend with Alabama being banged up and exhausted. But LSU is kind of just an abysmal defense, if we're being honest. Um, that said, since I said that about Oklahoma not matching up well, it means LSU is going to lock us down now. Um, but I do think that Alabama matches up pretty well in this one. You know, the keys to the game are kind of the same as before. We've touched on it. You, you got to slow down Watford. You got to slow down Cam Thomas and force him into some bad shots. You got to slow down Javante Smart, force him into some rough shots. And, you know, Alabama, I don't expect Alabama to win by 30 again, but I do expect Alabama to control this game and kind of this is this is a big week for Alabama because it's going to be interesting to see how do they respond to a loss? Um, how do they respond when they're kind of broken and just exhausted? Um, and what is this team really made of is really going to show in these next couple games and with a big week ahead as far as SEC title um, hopes go. So, you know, th- this is a big one for Alabama. It would be nice to get back right in this one. And 
I'm excited for it. I, I think our guys are going to be fired up. You know, these guys hate LSU um, just as much as we do. So I, I'm ready to see this one. Yeah, kind of an odd, kind of an odd game for LSU uh, yesterday. They scored 71, and Smart and Thomas accounted for 54 of those 71. So Watford only had four. Darius Stace had 11. You mentioned he'll be out. So if guys outside of Smart and Thomas that will suit up for LSU, they only got six points out of them. Um, I don't, I don't think that'll happen again. You know, I think they're better offensively than that. But Texas Tech is, you know, one of the best defenses in the country. Um, but they still were able to score uh, over a point per possession against Texas Tech, which is very impressive. Uh, so LSU is still a very, very good offense. Um, the offensive rebound, which always presents problem for Alabama, uh, and you know that they're able to try to, you know, they really want to get to the rim. And without Bruner, that kind of worries me. Um, and with the way that Herb is hobbled a little bit. So I think right now for LSU to still win in Tuscaloosa, this is probably their best chance. Um, you know, with Alabama being as shorthanded as they are and the way that they're playing, um, if Alabama's not able to play up to their standard defensively, um, Alabama could maybe struggle to keep up with LSU, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely possible with how hobbled we are that it could be a struggle to keep up with them. Um, this is a game where I think Keon Ellis is going to be really, really important on both ends. Um, we're going to need his defense on Thomas and Smart. We're going to need him to bring a lot of effort and energy like he always does. But we could really use an offensive outbreak from him that he's capable of. He was one of our only guys in double figures yesterday against Oklahoma. Uh, I thought there's a lot of positives come out of his offense. He was kind of demanding the ball a little bit more than we had seen. And he made the most of it for the most part. You know, he missed that one big shot down the stretch, kind of off balance. It wasn't a great shot selection, but with limited time, you have to make the most of it. Um, but I, I think he's kind of an X factor for this game, as well as, you know, the bench bigs are going to have to be really impressive. Um, I say bigs in quotations because they're not exactly large, like LSU has some good athletes. Yeah. Um, but we're going to have to box out. We got to do our best to keep LSU off the glass. And, you know, if LSU kills us on the boards, this could be a really – close game it's going to allow them to kind of dictate the pace and the the way that they're going to be able to score and transition and hit tough shots yeah I'm I think the thing I'm most interested in in this game is who is going to play um so, you know Gary and Keon Ambrose Hilton did not play a ton against um Oklahoma mm -hmm. um but maybe they call on them for you know extended minutes in this game because of you know the rebounding you know Alabama's been you know, when they're playing reset the five, they're playing a pretty small lineup, uh, you know, especially if Quinterly and Shackelford are in or Keon Ellis. Um, so I'm interested to see how they kind of weigh their lineup options, um, mm -hmm. you know, if they're going to try to keep LSU off the glass and keep them out of the paint because um, defense is going to be important in this game because, if you know, if they're able to slow LSU down a little bit, I think Alabama's got, you know, enough scoring combined with LSU uh, – how badly they defend that I think Alabama has an upper hand in the game. So I think that's going to be the toughest part for the coaching staff is determining how they're going to, you know, try to match up with LSU because LSU has some matchup problems uh, that they can post for Alabama with Watford um, and some of their guards being a little bit bigger than ours. Um, so I think that's my primary concern uh, for the LSU game. What are some other uh, areas of uh, for LSU in the game that you think could be either a problem for Alabama or, uh, positive for Alabama. Yeah, so, I mean, as far as problems go, I think, you know, Watford's one of the big ones. Um, you know, I mean, Herb can check Watford, 
But other than that, there's not a whole lot of guys outside of Herb with Brenner being out that can consistently check Watford and you can trust on. I thought Alabama did a good job defending him last time with both Herb and anytime he kind of got it low, you dig at him, you throw bodies at him, and he kind of freaked out under the pressure last time. And, and Alabama made life really, really hard on him. So I do look for Alabama to do more of the same with that. I expect Will Wade's game plan to be a little bit better this time with that. Uh, maybe get some shooters to space the floors that are near Watford they can kick to. Um, we'll see how that goes as far as Wade's game plan. Um, but I think Watford's one of the bigger mismatch problems. Um, I do trust our guards defensively against Smart and Thomas. Those are two guys that take some really, you know, whenever they shoot him, you're like, why would you settle for that? but they find a way to make them go in a lot of the time. So as far as defense goes on the guards, I just trust them to force them into bad shots. We're just going to have to hope they're not going to make all the bad shots they take like they do at times. Um, you know, Cam Thomas, he was 6-20 of 20 against Tech. He takes some really, really tough twos, um, and that's something that Oates likes to force teams into, and that's something that is Cam Thomas going to feast on the bad shot selection that he has at times, or is it going to be a game where he's kind of off rim a lot of the night and the bigger mismatch, like we just mentioned a few minutes ago, is the boards. Um, you got to keep Wilkinson off the offensive glass. You got to keep Watford off the offensive glass. And the Sharif O'Neal, uh, LeBlanc, and all these guys that are really long athletic forwards, you can't let them have second chance points. Um, giving them second chance points is going to dig Alabama in a hole. So that's the bigger mismatch that I'm looking out for. As far as some mismatches in Alabama's favor, I mean, like we said, I don't think LSU's guards can stay in front of our guards. Um, but the big question with that is going to be how healthy are we, how motivated are we, are we able to get to the rim? Um, even Shaq, I think, should have some success getting to the rim in this game. Um, hopefully he finishes better than he did against Oklahoma, but I have full faith in Shaq moving forward. Um, so uh, there's mismatches on both sides, and I think Alabama is more than capable of controlling this game and exploiting mismatches, and hopefully – being able to drive to the rim is going to open up some more threes like we saw last time against LSU. Yeah, to me, this is a really hard game to project because of the first meeting with Alabama where it just – where the LSU – where it was just kind of, you know, you know, we all know what happened. LSU was just kind of shocked from the beginning. Yeah. Um, there's a very small chance Alabama shoots even close to that. <laughs> uh, so, I think, you know, LSU will – you know, they were kind of embarrassed uh, – you know, at their place the last time that they played Alabama. So I think they're going to be highly motivated to come into Tuscaloosa. Um, same thing for Trenton Watford. Yeah. Um, I think they're, you know, they're going to have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Um, so I think, you know, the the main thing for Alabama is they've got to find their way uh, on offense. You know, if they struggle again offensively against LSU, then I think it's time to be a little bit worried yeah. um, with how Alabama has been playing offensively. Um, you know, who would have ever thought that, Alabama would have a top six defense and, you know, they'd be, it's just, it's still crazy to me. Um, but yeah, I think that's the main key to me. I think uh, this game does worry me a lot just because the way Alabama's been trending offensively and, you know, LSU coming off the close loss, you know, that could go either way. You don't know if that's going to um, deflate them or, you know, make them a little hungrier. Um, but I do think Alabama escapes with a win. Um, I'll say it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game. I'll say 84-80 to 80 Alabama win. Um, I think Alabama just makes enough shots. I think I think Quinterly responds in a big way, and he has a pretty nice game um, like he did against LSU last time. And I think, Al I think Alabama's offense kind of finds their footing again and is able to uh, exploit some of the mismatches 
with LSU's defense. So, Matt, how do you see the game shaking out? Yeah, so, I mean, LSU is a team that's they're seeking a signature win. Um, I believe that they had – I think I saw a tweet earlier that said they had two quad one wins going into yesterday, and they both dropped quad two. So they're a team that really, really needs a signature win um, to kind of just put the stamp of approval on their tournament hopes moving forward. And this is a, this is a seed line game for them. They win this game. They're moving up one or two seed lines. It's a really big opportunity for them. Um, that said, I do think Alabama finds their offensive groups uh, on Wednesday. I think that Quinterly is a guy that you pointed out that you think he gets back. I think Quinterly is going to have a big game. Um, you know, we talked about the ways that we could see him improve. I think we're going to see those this time. He had a big game from three last time against LSU. I look for him to have a big game, kind of just attacking and being aggressive this game and doing the things that we saw him do against Tennessee and that we know he's more than capable of doing. Um, so I, I think he comes alive and kind of rejuvenates the Alabama offense into what we're used to. Um, so I'll go with – I think it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game as well. I'll go with an 83-76 to 76 win for Alabama. Um, I think it's going to be close for a good while. It seems like LSU always battles really well in Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember a time where LSU's come to town and it's been an easy win for Alabama. Um, and I don't think we're going to see Alabama shoot 23 or 43 from three again. Um, I think that's an anomaly that, you know, we can keep hoping it happens again, but I don't think we're going to see it. Um, so I, I do think Alabama gets going again. I'll say we hit like 12 of 30 from three. Um, so I think that it's going to be not a great three-point night, but I think we're going to get going a little bit more. I think Petty heats up a little bit. Primo, I think Primo's due for another really good game. It seems like anytime he comes off a struggle game, he usually rebounds pretty well. Um, so I, I think LSU not having days is going to catch up with them on Wednesday, and I think it's going to lead to an Alabama win. Yeah, I think they. I think you could make the argument that they need Quinterly to have a good game to win. Yeah. Um, just because of, you know, we don't really know what we're going to get from Herb. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Primo's been kind of inconsistent. Uh, Shaq is, you know, you know maybe he hit, can hit some threes, but you can't really count on him to get into the paint. Right. So I think they need Quinterly to uh, – have a pretty good game to at least um you know all it takes for Alabama is to have one guy that can beat beat his man because then you you know you get the defense off balance and that's when Alabama's at their best um so if he's able to consistently do that you know I don't know who probably matched up on you know Cam Thomas and Javante Smart are both uh not all that great of defenders mm-hmm. so I think that you know if Quinterly has a pretty good game then that's that gives Alabama the best chance to win I think another thing that Alabama needs to really shore up is the turnovers. You know, I think they had six at the under 16 um, yesterday, which was just a horrible start. I don't think Alabama was all that ready to play. You know, I don't know if it was, you know, maybe they were all hyped up and then the news for Oklahoma missing two starters kind of took some, you know, luster off the game. But Alabama really needs to, you know, get out to a good start, you know, take care of the basketball. And I think part of that is, um, those turnover issues are just not having that solid point guard that, you know, they need Quinterly to be, at least, even if it's off the bench, you know, because when you go in back and forth to Shackleford's point guard and then Primo's point guard and Herb's point guard and Petty's some, um, it's hard to just, you know, get into that uh, chemistry. You know, not all of those guys, every single one of those guys are, except maybe for Herb, are more comfortable playing off the ball. Yeah. So I think, you know, that's – they really need Quinterly to step up and be the primary ball handler for the team. Uh, and they'll need him in this game, and they'll definitely need him uh, Saturday at Mizzou. Yeah. So uh, I think that's uh, 
what you can expect uh, for LSU game. So anything else uh, you want to add, Matt, whether it's about uh, team in general or LSU on Wednesday night? Yeah, just just a quick parting thought. Like you were saying earlier, you know, this isn't the time to panic yet just because we lost to an Oklahoma team on the road without one or two starters. You know, I understand how disappointing and frustrating it is. Um, so I understand why the fan base is upset. You know, it's understandable. But at the same time, you know, this isn't the same situation as when they lost to Western Kentucky or when they lost to Clemson um, or Stanford. You know, this it, it was a struggle from the effort standpoint early. You know, there were a lot of like those six turnovers, I think all of them were unforced for the most part. You know, whether it was a bad pass or dribbling off someone's foot, uh, it, it, it was frustrating. And, um, you know, the missed rotations on defense at times, it was frustrating. Um, but, you know, to your point, you know, and I know Oates brought it up in the press conference yesterday, you know, whenever teams are down a superstar, it usually has an effect that the other guys step up well. We saw it a few years ago whenever Sexton missed the game at home against Auburn. You know, John Petty and the other guy stepped up really, really well. So a lot of times whenever teams can have a chance to get a signature win and the star is out, other guys naturally step up really, really well. So big shout-out to Oklahoma for that. Lon Kruger had his guys ready. Um, he watches Bama film room, so he was able to prepare his guys well. Um, I wasn't going to bring that up. I wasn't going to bring it up. I had to. And also shout-out to Blake Bullock, who's the listener of the pod, who's uh, – <laughs> made sure to let me know it was my fault for predicting a big Alabama win for why we lost. Um, no, but yeah, out, yeah. So guys, just don't panic yet. You know, if we see an offensive performance against LSU, that's a struggle. I'll understand the panic a little bit more then, but Alabama's coming off a 10 game win streak and just now lost. They're undefeated in SEC play. The SEC title is theirs to lose at this point. Um, there's more reason for positivity than negativity. So let's, let's stay strong and let's see how the team rebounds on Wednesday. Well said, Matt. I agree. Um, yeah. I was really impressed with Oklahoma, honestly. I think yeah. they could, you know, they're a really good team. You know, Kruger's, he always has solid teams. Um, when they get Reeves back, you know, they could be a force uh, come March. But so, obviously, not an embarrassing loss by any means, despite what uh, the tweeters may say. Uh, so, uh, that's it. Uh, we'll be back on uh, after Wednesday's game uh, to talk about LSU and then preview Missouri. So, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you later.